Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I am a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to be taking a look at bullying and sports. I've shared this story before, and it goes back to my youth when I was a kid. On any given summer day, I would leave my house at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'd go up to the baseball field, and I'd wait around for guys to show up to have a baseball game. And it didn't matter who they were. We were just happy that we were able to get a couple of teams together and we could play baseball most of the day. And as I said before, I always had a couple of bucks for a hot dog and a soda. And I would stay out all day long and play baseball. Now, the question is, did we all get along? Of course not. We we didn't all get along. Were there bullies there? Yes, there were bullies there. Did some of us get bullied? Yes, some of us got bullied. Some of us had problems with other kids, fights broke out, you know, we had arguments, but we settled them ourselves pretty well. And that type of interaction helped create resiliency in me because we knew how to play the game. As I've said before, it's called playground politics. You don't want to go home You know there's even a pecking order amongst all of the guys that were there. And some of the guys were better ball players than I was. Some were not so good. But we were all participating together, no adults involved. And I hate to say it, but the minute that adults get involved in any type of sporting event, where they, and I don't mean the coaches, I'm talking about any type of adult supervision, like parents or whatever the case might be, trouble was always afoot. We were better off 
dealing with these things on our own. And we did. We truly did. We, we enjoyed it. We had a great time. And we were always back the next day, regardless of what happened the day before. Now, I don't see bullying as a rite of passage. I don't see it as something that, you know, you have to go through in order to reach adulthood or anything like that. I see bullying as a horrific event in a person's life. And it could be a one-time event. It could be multiple events that does damage to a person's confidence, their courage, their self-image. And if they start to believe what other people are telling them, they're going to have trouble down the road because that information has a tendency to embed itself into a person's long-term memory. But this podcast is about what sports can do, how it can help kids. Now, I know that at colleges, I know we have heard of stories uh, about high school football teams, about college teams, how they haze and they abuse younger members of the team. I've heard all of this. And it's those events that keep people and keep kids from wanting to participate in sports. And I'm talking about organized sports now. When I was younger, my father and I, we, we discovered the Mets back in 1962. And I watched a few games. And then he asked me if I wanted to play Little League. And I said, sure. And I went for the, I guess it was a tryout or whatever you want to call it. And I was placed on a team and the coach called me on the phone. And what team do you think I was on? The Mets. I became a lifelong Met fan. And watching the pros play today, all I can see is that they deflect praise Somebody goes to interview them after a game and they're complimenting them about how well they did. They have a tendency to deflect praise and say it was a team effort and the pitcher did a great job and did you see so-and-so. When I played Little League, let me tell you something. Way back, I'm talking over 50 years ago, you made a mistake, everybody got on you. You didn't do something, your teammates got on you, the coaches were yelling at you, you know, and so on. And it became difficult for me to want to play. But I managed to see beyond that, even though what they did was wrong, and continued to play and wanted to improve my skills in the sport of baseball. But the things that go on... on either soccer fields, baseball fields, football fields, the things that go on can dissuade people, dissuade kids from wanting to participate. And this is why victims of bullying, even though they may be very good athletically, they don't want to participate in sports because they fear that same treatment will be put upon them 
when they go out for a team or when they go out for a sport. This is why you see victims not participating in activities, in sports, or anything. Because they don't want to get close to people on a team for fear that they will discover some of their their weaknesses and they don't want to be picked on. It's bad enough they get picked on in school. Now they're, now they're out for a team. They're going to get picked on on a team. The point here is the idea of sports does so much good for kids in terms of their participation and their, their um, sense of team play that they should participate, but sometimes they don't go out for uh, teams and sports and activities because of that fear. And that's the thing that has to stop. Kids should be allowed to go out. The co- you know, in terms of coaching and uh, uh, teammates and so on, no, if a kid makes a mistake on a baseball field or a football field, Nobody feels worse about that mistake than the kid. He doesn't need a coach riding him or teammates getting on him because of that mistake. And when you look at it, you can see it. You can see it. One kid could have one bad experience in a sporting event and never go out for the team again. He could end up having one bad experience with a teammate and never want to participate again. And that's not what sports are designed to do. They are designed to do many different things. And this is what I'd like to share with you today. What do sports do for kids? What do they learn by playing this game? What do they learn? Number one, they learn that life is not win-win. If life was win-win, you'd have two presidents, two Super Bowl champs, and two World Series champs. And we have to look at this in terms of the idea that, yeah, some kids are better than others. Everybody Everybody shouldn't get the trophy. There should be a fair level of participation where kids get recognized, but there's only a certain few, like the most improved or the most valuable player, that receive trophies. And certain kids don't deserve to get one. But sports teaches us that somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. And if you're a fan of a sports team, guess what? Your heart gets broken when they lose. But you have to live with it, and the players have to live with it as well. So the idea that, you know, and that's the way life is. You go for a job interview, somebody gets the job and somebody doesn't. Today you may get the job, tomorrow you may not. And that's how life works. Everybody doesn't win the lottery. Everybody doesn't win the game. And everybody doesn't win at the game of life. 
there are always disappointments and there are always times when you did not perform up to expectation and when that happens we have to live with that and we have to deal with that that's all there is to it sports teaches that the next thing that sports teaches our kids is that competition is good at any age you know the the idea that kids know how to compete is i mean i don't think that they do i think that they fear competition and but they have to know how to compete in the real world and when you think about the idea that you know some school districts want to eliminate dodgeball and tag and even a spelling bee because of the belief that it promotes exclusion and we don't want kids to feel bad well when you eliminate the competition kids will begin to feel good about themselves for no apparent reason they'll be developing an entitlement mentality and believe that the world resolves around revolves around them they'll never have a clear understanding of their own limitations and they'll see competition as a threat that's what we have to look at several years ago a school in northern new jersey had kids that were so all so close to becoming valedictorians i mean it was nano points i guess apart there were six of them that were that close now the simple use of a calculator could take care of this could determine who was the true valedictorian but because of the fear of parental complaints and lawsuits you know what happened you guessed it they had six valedictorians and that to me does not promote a competitive spirit and does not promote the idea that people are going to be disappointed it happens it happens and we have to live with that sports teaches that sports also teaches that we have to have respect for someone else's ability some kids can run run faster jump higher and are just genetically better athletes and at times better students you know when when we when i would run around on the playground as a kid and we'd play tag i was much slower than all the other kids so i was always it and you knew that the kid that could run fast wasn't going to be it for very long i had to respect the speed of certain kids i had to be ready to try and outrun kids who were much faster than me and i respected the those kids that could run fast and i don't mean that we have to admire kids to the point of feeling inferior ourselves just recognize certain abilities that certain kids have that are unique to them some kids don't know how to handle competition and when they enter into it if they happen to lose 
they get upset, they throw things, they, they have temper tantrums, and then all of a sudden the school eliminates competition because they don't want to affect the self-esteem of a kid. That does nothing more than prepare that kid for a lifetime of jealousy and envy as they grow older and wishing they were someone else. The next thing that sports teaches, it teaches us how to make friends. Kids want and need friendships. Getting together in groups and playing together when they're younger is something right now that's synthetic. It's artificial. We have play dates where kids are brought together. Sports gives kids an opportunity to work together and develop a sense of team play. Kids need to play and they need to play with friends. And I mean, oftentimes they need to play on their own with friends. And I've said it before, once parents get involved, things get fouled up. You need to leave them alone, let them participate, let them make friendships, and you need to let them compete with the idea that somebody wins and somebody loses. Sports teaches that to kids. And we cannot keep kids out of sports or have them feel intimidated by going into sports because of the fear of bullying. And kids are not going to tell you this, but if you're a coach or if you're someone who manages community teams or whatever the case may be, it's your job to create the climate on that team where everybody gets along, everybody participates, and everyone understands that we're going to win sometimes and we're going to lose. The next thing that sports teaches, it teaches a balance, a balance of uh, academic and gives kids uh, the idea that um, it's not just sports. It's academic consistency as well. So I do well in school and I participate in sports. Kids have to pass a standardized test that determines their placement for the next school year, all over the place. Not to mention the state funding that districts get if kids do well. Schools have been trained to that teachers have to teach to the test so that when springtime comes, everybody does well on the test. And this is all based on money. Less and less time is spent in participation, in recess, and physical activity. That recess that kids have is more important than sitting in a classroom and being drilled and killed with assignments and worksheets. And kids have to start to develop the ability, their skills in terms of different types of activities 
so that they can then have the confidence to move forward and participate in sports. There has to be a balance between academic success and then there has to be the other end of that where kids have physical success as well as they develop skills that may, be, that may bring them into organized sports. I participated in Little League. I went to a game once a week. The point that I'll make here is I got better and better because I played on my own. Kids have to play on their own. They have to participate on their own. They have to have friends that they play with on their own. They can't be intimidated. They can't feel as if they're going to be bullied. And if they are, they have to work through some of that. I know bullying is wrong. Bullying is not a rite of passage. Bullying is not something that should happen to everybody. But I don't want kids to feel intimidated in terms of participation because they think they're going to get bullied or they're going to be made fun of. And when we do that, we prevent kids from moving into athletic, athletic um, activities that will do them far more good, far more good if, 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 in fact, we make sure that the climate on our team is the way it should be. Now, coaching, coaching, which... Everyone has a coach if you're participating in a sport. is not just about sports. If we want our kids to develop pro-social skills, we also have to coach them through the game of life. Hey, coach, guess what? You're more than just a coach of, of um, a sport. Once those kids get on your team, you have a responsibility to coach them and help them through the game of life. We have to teach our kids to be graceful losers, develop friendship skills, and how to compete in a respectful and responsible manner. And we have to help them solve interpersonal problems where there's enough space between two people for a productive conflict. This doesn't happen overnight. The bullying epidemic which society faces today is a direct result of exclusion. And by this I mean too many kids, too many people, and the school itself, we've excluded kids from participation because of the fear that they have. We've excluded physical activity because of academic um, responsibilities that we believe kids have to take when they, we give no consideration for the idea that we want all kids to be included in sports, in activities, so that they can develop confidence, make friends, and develop some physical skills that they can take with them for a lifetime. Too many things have been excluded from our schools that help kids develop resiliency and to help face fears and understand how to function as part of a class, a group, or a team. And it's beyond the spelling bee. It's beyond dodgeball. 
which we we eliminate from school. It's beyond. One principal said, we're eliminating tag from school because we've had too many tag-related injuries. Stop it. Kids need to participate in sports, in physical activity, as much as they need to sit in a classroom. And when we determine the climate of our team, the climate that exists amongst the students that are on that team, and we begin to truly look at hazing, harassment, and intimidation in locker rooms, and we start to help kids who are involved with that stuff grow a conscience and stop picking on younger kids or kids who have less athletic ability than they do. We want victims to participate. We want them to be involved, but they won't if they continuously have the fear that someone is going to pick on them, haze them, give them a hard time, harass them, or make fun of their abilities. And that's the bottom line. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Please take the time to visit my website at www.bullyproofclassroom.com. You'll find a bunch of stuff there. I'll leave the link in this episode description. Use the website to your advantage. There's a lot there that you can use. And you'll also see this podcast on that, um, on the website. Take a course There's some great products that you can peruse in the store and you may find something that you could use and you may find something that'll help kids in your classroom, in your school, wherever it is, deal with bullying and develop the resiliency necessary to survive in this big world and have the confidence to move forward. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.